Hello there. We'd like to welcome you to the virtual kitchen table. We're Erin from Ever Learning, Ashley from Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shelves, and myself, Hayley, from Taking a Kinder Path. We're gathering for conversations about family life and home education, particularly unschooling, which is sometimes known as self-directed learning, or as I like to call it, natural learning. We'll be sharing our experiences and ideas, learning as we go. We hope you'll pull a chair up to the table and join us. Yes, yeah, when, when, when people ask you, is it too late? You know, if their kids are in high school or even adults, I agree with you. It isn't. There's so many things that we can learn and continue to uh, kind of deepen and put into practice as our kids get older. And the other thing, Sue, you had said on back, I think, was just you were kind of talking about, um, oh, I'm maybe going to get this wrong, but I think it was related to unconditionally loving because it's the right thing to do. And so I think that that's the other thing that we, maybe we, I'm not saying we, but maybe kind of the thinking comes so much from uh, different methods of schooling and education being tested and seen if they work, you know, is this working? Does this type of parenting work or what kind of outcome will you get if you do this? And I think when we're talking about things like kindness and unconditional love, it's, it's not about the outcome. We're doing it because that feels right within our family. When, you know, when, when we're in respectful relationship, um, whether we get a certain outcome or not is, is actually not the point. And I think, I think that gets lost a little bit because I think so much of, of the writing and thinking around parenting and education is about outcomes. And it can be helpful to have some of that. I mean, there've been some really good studies done around homeschooling and around unschooling. And those I think are really helpful to have. It's good to have some of that data and, you know, it's, I think it's really useful for that to be looked into on a more sort of academic or measurable level. But I don't think that's, that's not where I'm coming from when I'm making a, a kind of setting a real intention to move forward with my kids with kindness and unconditional love. It's, it's yeah. really not going to get me. <laughs> yeah. The, I think a lot of people start with their education. Well, unschool for education. But I think that that is not very, is the least important of it all, is the learning, what you can learn. Because you can learn anything, anytime, whatsoever. You don't have to learn everything in those years. Um, and kids will learn anyway, um, regardless of par- what parents are trying to teach them. But I think the important thing, what kids need during those years, is that love, the respect, to so that, that when they go out at the other, you know, push them out to the world, um, that we don't push ours out, they, it's reluctant for them to go, that <laughs> some of them have left home early, uh, when they set off into the bigger world, we want them to feel confident, loving who they are, uh, uh, you know, loved, all the sort of things that people don't think about usually with homeschooling but are the most important. You want kids to go out there and feel, I, 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 I'm a, a worthy person, um, I like who I am, I'm confident, I know I've got skills, I know I, I uh, and, and to go out there and think I'm going to go out there and do 
what I feel called to do maybe. And uh, all those, all those things we try and all the facts and the figures that we try and cram into kids are secondary. It's how our kids uh, feel when they leave home as people. Um, have we loved them unconditionally? And I feel this is so sad that parents say, well, we'll work on those relationships and things once they get bigger, once they leave home. We'll be friends with our kids then. I'm thinking of one particular viral video, which I've written about a couple of times, which really annoyed me. <laughs> and she said, you know, you've got to be tough now. Make kids do what they, what you want them, what you think they should do now. Don't uh, give in. All those sort of things we've been talking about. We can be friends with our kids once I leave home. But once their kids are grown up, it's too late to go back and to give them everything that they need, that we had the opportunity to give them. All those discussions and times where we were happy to sit and chat, talk over opinions and to reinforce, you know, just to love them and to enjoy them and to say, hey, give them that idea that they're, they're really lovely people and we're glad to be part of their lives and we've got time for them instead of... Uh, Oh, you've got to learn this because you might want to do that, and you've got to, and you, you'll never succeed at that because there's no jobs with that. Forget all that. Just, um, yeah, those relationship things. And I think people always, lots of people say to me, "How will we know if we've done enough?" And I think we're thinking about enough in the wrong, uh, it's the wrong way. Have we loved enough? That's what, have we been kind enough? Have we listened enough? Have we um, encouraged enough? All those sort of things. Not have we done enough maths? Have we done enough English? Have we read enough books? Because as I found out, my education started once I left school. I can't remember anything from school. I mean, as long as yeah, we don't squash kids' curiosity. They'll learn everything they need to know. What they need from us is that um, reinforcement that they're loved people and yeah, quite all right, just where they are. And to, I think so many of us have problems when we go as adults. We're so insecure. That's probably why we listen to everybody else's opinions and why, and why we're so... Um, reluctant to stand up for ourselves and our children because we think, well, how, how do you know they might know better than us? Or we want to be accepted, and we've never been accepted. We want to be trusted, and we've never been we've never been trusted. And that quote from John Hart: um, you just think about if we'd been brought up that way, how we would um, be different people. And I sometimes think that. We, the thing we can give our kids is that gift that they feel so secure in who they are. They're not going to make the same sort of problem, have the same problems that we have. They're not going to um, uh, have a, a problem we trust or they're, or the, yeah, they're not going to say, oh, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to put other people ahead of my kids because I think all those things that we do and find hard to let go of, come from the fact we weren't unconditionally loved. However much our parents loved us, maybe we didn't get that message. We got the message that we weren't quite right, that uh, we'd be right if they, we changed a bit or we've um, fulfilled all these expectations, if we got high marks at school or got a good career. 
And I think a, a lot of unschooling for me has been dis discovering who I am and realizing I'm okay. I'm not perfect, but I'm okay the way I am. That I have gifts, even though no one told me I had any. And that I've done things with my life, even though other people would say, you didn't do anything with your life because you didn't get to be the doctor or whatever. Um, and I think, and all those kids at school who told me, you know, I was unlikable. I was ugly. I, um, our kids don't, at least don't have that. But I had a lot to cast off and to realize, yeah, I'm okay. And I want my kids to feel okay with who they are. Because how can they go out there? And I think we all, you know, we've all got a place in the world. How are they going to find their place in the world and share their talents and make a difference to other people's lives and love in their own turn if we haven't already given that to them? So get off my soapbox now. No, I love <laughs> it. I love it. So I, you really made me think then about um, sometimes I think kindness is kind of portrayed as a bit wishy-washy and weak and and um it gets kind of a bad rep I don't know but I think there's something about that the, the way you were talking then Sue about that kind of strength that can come from kindness and that uh, and if our children do have the chance to grow up with unconditional love and with kindness that whole the the strength that that often gives them in terms of knowing themselves a bit more and being more in touch with um, with their own emotions because we've been able to accept their emotions. And the whole thing about, I think there's a quote by, I can't remember, I think it might have been L.R. Noss, something about um, um, uh, having the strength to make the world more, it's something, I can't remember the quote, I'll, I'll find the quote and we can put it in the show notes or whatever, but there's something that I'm thinking about that internal strength that you get from being filled up with that unconditional love that maybe we feel like, that, yeah, that we don't have or that we're having to, to work so hard to get that as adults. Um, and yet our children, if, if you know, yeah beautiful thing if they can have that internal strength but I feel like I see that in my adult children that they do have a different internal strength to me um I don't know how do you feel about that you guys am I making sense yeah no I love that and as I'm listening to you guys um one of my whys, so, and when I'm being really honest or when I'm having a conversation with someone who's genuinely interested in, in asking the question, like, why do you unschool? Like mental health is what keeps coming up for me. And I've thought that from the beginning is at the end of the day, how are my children feeling? Are they overall? I mean, of course there's awful days and days that are hard, but overall at the end of the majority of days, are they growing their confidence? Are they feeling accepted? Are they feeling loved? Which I just, I keep hearing throughout this conversation, which I love so much because I don't unschool because I think that's the best way for them to learn math or how to read or how to write. It's, it's not about that. That's part of it. Um, but it's, it's mental health. That's, that's the term maybe because here where we are, um, it's kind of a buzzword, I guess. So, um, that one comes to mind when I hear you guys talking about that and, 
um, it's about how do they feel throughout their childhood. So like what you were saying, Sue, right? Like not, we want them to know that they're good enough as is, no matter where they are in their learning or anything else, their development, they are good enough and we fully love and accept them where they are. And I want them to feel that the majority of the time throughout their childhood for exactly the reasons you guys are saying. And that's a big why for me as to why. So when I have those fears that do creep in around unschooling, I go back to that. This is why we're doing this. So I'll, you know, I've said a lot like partnership and relationship, and that's all part of it. It's because at the end of the day, I want, I think the best thing I can try to support my children in is being strong in their own mental health, which is, I mean, that's just the the terminology I'm using when I'm, when I'm taking in what you guys are saying about how are they going to feel now in their childhood and how are they going to, you know, where where does that take them in their future and how they feel? Because I think that's then, and then, I mean, if, I mean, I guess like, I think if you have good, strong mental health, then you can do what you want to do, <laughs> right? Like you can go learn what you want to learn, or you can go, um, you know, take on a, a job or career that you are interested in. Um, I mean, of course, some of them have different credentials and stuff, but if you, mentally feel good about yourself and you have those those skills and confidence I think that that's a good place that's where I want my kids to to be at now and then for the future I find there's an objection there though from some people they think parents you're good enough you're as you that you're uh you're yes you're you're good enough but then parents say well that will that means the kids will stop striving stop striving to learn, stop striving to become better people because our kids aren't perfect, just like we're not perfect. And even though we accept our kids, we do want them to grow and develop and um, they, they don't come. I think, yeah, that they have a lot of learning to do in both all areas of their lives. And if we just say, well, you're good enough, we accept you, then they'll say, well, I'm good enough. I don't have to change. I don't have to learn anything. I don't have to, I'm just perfect right now. And I think that's where a lot of parenting comes from is that if we don't, if we tell our kids that they're, they're, they're good people now or they know a lot or we encourage them, praise them, praise um, they'll stop striving and they will stay there. And parents want their kids to fulfill their potential, which we all do, uh, because it's a lifelong process. Learning, isn't it? To become, we're not the people. I'm not. Good, I'm not the person I was 20 years ago. I'm not the person I'll be in 20 years. Um, we've, we're continually growing. But the thing I found, and maybe a lot of parents don't uh, don't understand, because maybe it's something you got to experience that. But then we've got personal experience of it is that when people say that we're good enough and they forgive us our mistakes and they love us anyway, we want to be better people. We want to learn more. And so that's the impetus to do it. Not um, uh, we've we know. um, Yeah. See, my my parents were the sort of parents that used to say we do a mass test. I get 95 percent. And then uh, they'll say, they, they used to say, well, what happened to the other 5%? And 
And my father was always saying, well, if we praise you, if we, you'll, you'll, you'll give in. You won't strive for more. But what happened was I gave up because I knew I'd never satisfy them. Um, I just, I never reached that level. But what I have found with my own family is that when my family um, praise me and encourage me, and especially as a mother, I want to be the best person ever because of that love they showed me. I think, wow, there's this, you know, they, they really love me. I want to be the best person. And I think that it um, applies to both our personal values and our educational sort of knowledge things that we have to love both. We, lo- we, do, we learn things because we love. And when we're shown love, we want to become a better person. But, and that is the motivation. And it, there's, it's not a danger, I think, to, over, to be too kind to our kids or to love them, show them that we love them too much or to praise them or encourage them. And I think we actually go the other way if we hold back and say, well, I don't want them to get the, the idea that they're perfect as they are, so I won't say anything. And that is how people get flattened and stop striving. I think you have a really good blog post about that, Sue. And I can't remember. Yeah, and I think, yeah, we should link that one. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember one, or it might even be in your book, the story about your children forgiving you, I think, and then and you, it just reminds me of that. But I I totally agree. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think what I was going to say as well before about the the, um, kindness actually leading to kind of strength there's also an element of our children having had lots of experience of kindness, hopefully makes them less tolerant of unkindness. And hopefully that's, you know, that's helping us to have a a kinder world all round, isn't it? The more, you know, that whole thing of kindness being contagious definitely is is a big thing. But also there's, if if you haven't had kindness, then, then I think it works the, the other way as well, doesn't it? That you are more, ex- more not that you're more accepting, because obviously it hurts, but if you're used to unkindness, then a bit more unkindness is kind of what you're expecting. Whereas if you have had the experience of, of lots of kindness, then hopefully, yeah, you're not going to be somebody who's going to tolerate a situation where there's lots of unkindness. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think that when we talk about it not being all about what kids, you know, it's not all about what kids are learning, but it's um, this important piece about love and connection. And, you know, I agree. And yet at the same time, I don't think they're even separate things. I think that when kids are feeling loved, when they're feeling trusted, um, when the environment is relaxed, we learn the best. Like we, I think for people of all ages. So I think that just as you said, Sue, kids will continue to thrive and, and um, kind of reach for things that are important to them. You know, really what it does is it helps give them a really settled foundation and a feeling of acceptance. And it kind of jogs me back to that, that idea of, um, you know, how is this different in the context of unschooling and, and is it, and is it fair to say that? And something that kind of pops into my mind about this is an idea that, you know, I've seen this written about um, 
you know, in blogs quite a bit, the idea of stealth learning or sneaky learning. I don't know if anybody else has come across that, but it's, it's often mentioned in the context of, you know, if a family's traveling or you're playing a board game or you're reading stories, um, someone will say, oh, and there's some stealth learning in there, or we can, we can get in some sneaky learning. And I don't know. I just think, again, when we're unconditionally accepting our kids and we're just kind of having this relaxed kind environment of learning and of trust, we're not, we're not trying to sneak in learning. (laughs) We don't need to be stealthy, you know, about the things that we're um, sharing with our kids because we are accepting them as, as they are. It doesn't mean that there aren't things that we'd like to introduce them to, or maybe important things come up and we'd like to make sure they have some information about things. So it's not that we don't share things and, and bring things to the process, but I've always been interested in that idea of stealth learning or sneaky learning, because whenever I read that, that's what kind of makes me differentiate my process with a lot of conventional homeschooling is I think, why would I do that? Why would I sneak in learning or why would I be stealthy? Um, I've certainly, I, I understand it because I've had moments of it. I think most people probably have had moments of that, but I think when you're coming to a point of, of acceptance of who your kids are, those kinds of terms start to feel funny. Like it just doesn't feel respectful to me when I, when I read those, the kind of the, the deeper I go into de-schooling, it, it really shifts that. So yeah, I think it all goes together when kids are feeling loved and accepted and relaxed. Um, yeah, they're not, it's not performance pressure. They're, they're free to be who they are and to pursue the things they're interested in. And they, you know, I just think it's a human, it's a human thing to want to keep going deeper into what you're interested in and, and, and pursuing things at a deeper level or a higher level but it might not be our idea of that. Right. (laughs) So that's where that, where that work always is. Um, But I agree so much with you, Sue, around the learning and the healing that we have to do ourselves. Um, You know, even regardless of our families, I think anybody that's kind of come through certain eras or come through the school system, it's really hard to imagine that it's okay if you make a mistake or it's okay that you don't measure up to certain things. So again, I think that deeper work for us is so important in um, being able to pass that on to our kids and and really live that way. Erin, I really think sometimes that that unschooling as as most people think about it is for kids, but I think it's successful only in the way parents uh like kids will be fine kids will learn kids it's the parent is the um uh, deciding factor can we let go can we trust can we respect um and all the things we worry about our kids it's ourselves we should be more worried about thinking about ourselves and why we're finding it hard to let go why we're finding it hard to trust um it's I don't I think kids left to themselves they're going to learn they're going to develop it's it's our problem we it, we've got to uh and that in a way it sounds so 
oh, overwhelming. You know, we've got to, in a way, we've got to change. But it's also very, very exciting as well when you think that we have this opportunity uh, to learn more about ourselves and connect, connect in with our kids and give them something absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's not going to be perfect, as Haley said a long time ago, that just because you're unschooled doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. But life isn't perfect regardless of how you um, live your life. But we have the tools to get through all the challenges and all the difficulties because of that love that binds us all together and we'll help each other through anything. So I think that when people say, oh, can we unschool? And they talk about things like um, oh, homeschool requirements and my child's this sort of personality and, oh, this child is not suited to unschooling. And I think it comes down to the parent, really. That's what I feel is the parent is the linchpin of the whole thing. uh, And a lot of parents don't really want to let go or examine why issues that in their past. And what really, really surprises me is that sometimes you can see families that know there's something wrong and they'll replicate and they know their childhood was wrong themselves and they hated school, say, and they'll replicate everything with their own kids. And I really can't understand why, except for the fact sometimes I've heard people say, well, it was tough, but I survived. It's made me the person I am. And I think, yeah, but you're just sort of passing it on to the next generation. Um, And are you really happy yourself? Because we can hide a lot behind I'm tough. Um, Isn't there something better? And I think that's a real big stumbling block is to get past that. And to, like, maybe it's uh, to do with being willing to, and open to new ideas as well and to examining ourselves because it's really hard, I think, to examine our past and examine ourselves and to be honest. And a lot of people don't want to go there. It seems easier just to, yeah, be, and, yeah, be part of the pack. But also I think that's easier in some ways. Um, stepping off the pathway does require a lot of courage. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting when people say that, because you do hear a lot of people say that I survived, um, you know, it's made me who I am today, or it's, it's important to experience these things. I don't know, I think for myself, when I think of the things that I quote, survived, um, especially in a school setting, because you can't really, I mean, as an adult, if something is really unhealthy or we're, we're being targeted in some way, we can at least take steps to moving out of that situation. But I, I always feel it's such a sad thing to say about, you know, about kids and about childhood. And I just don't feel like it, I don't know if I think it makes us stronger. I think it makes us harder. You know, I think it hardens us. Um, when I think of strength, I think of flexibility. I think of um, ability to see things from different perspectives, ability to work things out. And I think that when kids go through difficult things um, in their childhood or in the school system, I think they, I think we build walls. I think it hardens us. I don't think it necessarily strengthens us. So it's always an interesting 
argument to me. And, and, I, and I think too, I feel like I just want the bar to be higher than that <laughs> for, for my kids. You know, I, 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 I don't think survival um, or kind of being strong against some outside force is necessarily, uh, yeah, that's not my, that's not my goal. But you're right, Sue, a lot of people say that, and it's not something that you can have a quick conversation about. <laughs> so yeah, people just need to make their own choices, but it, it, it is, it is a line of thinking that I find, um, I just find hard as well. Yeah, I think it goes also connects in with what Ashley was saying about mental health of kids. And I don't think a lot of people take the mental health of anybody seriously enough, but kids in particular, and that survival, putting our kids through situations that we survived, um, it's cruel in a lot of ways. Um, my mental health wasn't good at school, uh, but it's what we did. You just had to shut up and do it. And I think that uh, it, to be a child in a lot of, I'm not saying all school situations are like this, but certainly where I was, um, it was hard. It, mentally, it was hard. I didn't enjoy my childhood at all. And is that fair on a child? Um, and, I, yeah, I, I would do anything, I think, to prevent that happening from a child. So... I don't know. Um, gone off track, maybe. <laughs> I just, I just what you were saying about survival, Erin, and I was thinking that sort of tied in with what uh, Ashley was saying about mental health and how mental health of our children is very important, and how we don't always take that into account and give that value. I'm curious what what others might think about the idea of um, of praise with our children and 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 talking about being proud of them, Sue, because. I feel like you've done some bits here and there of writing about that idea of um, praising our children or telling them we're proud of them. And I know that, um, I know that actually in some unschooling circles, that's not necessarily what people um, recommend. And I think it comes from the idea of not over the idea of over praising, I think, or praising in ways that don't, praising for the sake of praising, but also that when we praise our children a lot, um, even though we're saying positive things, we're, we're setting some degree of expectation that, you know, that they have met our expectation in that moment. Um, and then, of course, the absence of praise would mean that they haven't. But Sue, I can remember, um, I don't know, it was a while back when we, we had a, a Zoom chat um, in the online community and a couple people were talking about how they, they think of it differently and how praise and telling their kids they're proud of them has, it just feels like a really good thing within the context of their relationship. And I know you've done some writing about it and I got thinking about it because the other day I just had this moment. I, I was just doing something really regular in the kitchen and like, I just had this feeling come over me where you know, I just kind of said to two of my kids, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I just feel so proud of you. And it wasn't even really, I mean, I can think of some specifics, but I wasn't talking about anything in particular. But I wonder sometimes 
And I'd be interested to hear what other people think about this, but I wonder sometimes if when we're first coming to a philosophy or a framework, if we kind of take things like principles in a more literal sense or in quite a, we kind of go about them in a very careful way. And I think when we've established um, a really good foundation with our kids and we've had a solid relationship and a trusting relationship for some period of time, I think there's more space for us to do things like that without it being taken the wrong way. So, you know, I know one of my kids, for example, I don't know if anybody else has done any reading about um, love languages and the different, there's, there's some, you know, there's lots of good writing. I think it's Dr. Gary Chapman. So he talks about uh, love languages and, and people's preferred love languages as adults, but also as children. And I definitely have a child who certainly one of their primary lovely languages is words of affirmation. So I really take that into consideration in the way that I interact with them, because that is a way that they really receive love. And um, I don't think that they feel that it's, it's conditional. You know, I, I, I don't think that by praising them in that sense, or saying that I'm uh, proud of something that they've done. I don't think it takes away from our relationship or makes them feel as though my love is conditional. But I do see that a lot in not just unschooling circles, but maybe kind of natural parenting um, lines of thinking is this not over uh, over praising. And I just want to say that I do think there's a distinction. I was When I was thinking about this, I was remembering a children's program that I was part of. And the woman that I was working with was a real praiser, but she would say it in this kind of high, kind of chirpy voice with no real, um, there wasn't really a lot of substance behind it. So I can remember one day she was passing things out around a table and these kids were pretty little. There were maybe three or four. And, and each time that she would pass them a new color, I guess they must've been doing something with art. She would say, good job. Oh, good job. Good job. And suddenly she said, good job. And there was nobody sitting in the chair. (laughs) And I remember, I think that's more what we're talking about, not just randomly saying kind of more empty words like good job. And as it turned out in her case, she was saying it so repetitively, she wasn't even looking at the child or what they were doing. Um, So I get where it comes from. But I'm curious what other people think in the context of this idea of, of like kindness and unconditional love. Just, yeah, like, does it, does it, is it a fit to be telling our kids we're proud of them or praising them? Because for me, it's something that builds our relationship, I think, um, rather than, than takes away. I think if it's, I think if it's about appreciation, then then that's really important, isn't it? It's important for you to be able to show your appreciation and it's really nice for other people to receive that appreciation. I suppose the, the problem, yeah, the, the problem with it is if you're using it to manipulate somebody else, which, you know, which you're not, Eric. <laughs> it's about genuine appreciation, isn't it? And I suppose that's what where praise gets a bit of a bad rap, isn't it? It's the, the name praise people as, associate, I guess with trying to replicate that behavior again you know that whole thing because if you catch your kid being good you know then praise them and they'll be good again type thing 
and I guess that's where it becomes um, yeah that that's not um, that's, you're talking about genuine appreciation and respect aren't you which I think different to how lots of people think about praise as a tool that they can use to manipulate children and not in a in a you know not in a in a trying to be mean way but that's just how it's come up yeah I've been thinking about this a little bit more and I don't have a lot to say because I feel like I'm really just starting to try to figure out that with my kids um and I've reflected a bit on how I've received messages from when I was younger, or even like in my 20s, when I'd have a friend say something like, I'm so proud of you. And I and I kind of had, I knew it was coming from a good place, but it just didn't sit well with me. I kind of thought like, what do you mean you're proud of me? Like, what did you have to do with this? Like, it just, it, I didn't, it confused me and I didn't understand it. Um, and then with my own kids, I think I relate to a lot of what you're saying, Erin, with um, like the love languages and stuff, because I've noticed that, and I, I was trying to think of an example, I can't think of one, but um, it depends so much on how that phrase is received. Um, so Haley, like with what you're, you're saying, I think with my one son, I mean, it just depends on what, how I say something the tone, the body language, how he's feeling at the time and what I'm commenting on, um, on how, and I haven't got it figured out yet. <laughs> um, because of course I want them to know, yeah, that I, I, it's not even like proud of them. It's like happy for them. Right. And celebrating them and whatever it is, whatever it is they're doing or feeling. Um, but I'm really trying to focus on, being mindful of how I give praise, I guess, and just taking the time to think about it, because what's the point if it's not received in the way that I'm meaning it for them, if that makes sense. I had the opposite um, experience um, fairly recently in the last couple of months, maybe um, when I uh published the second edition of radical unschool love it's probably more than that now but anyway my sister said to me oh I'm so proud of you Sue and you know what I felt so joyful she was and the same thing happened with a friend she wrote in an email to me I'm just so proud of you Sue and you know I've waited my whole life for my parents to say they're proud of me and they'll never say it and I think we have this need to for people that uh, um, that mean a lot to us to say that we're okay. Um, but I think praise has a lot to do with joy that I praise when I feel joyful about something. Like for example, my daughter might sing and I think, wow, um, it's not that she's my daughter. It's the music. It's joyful. She's using a talent. And I, I, the same as somebody else playing the piano or going to a concert and, uh, and that joy, and I say, oh, you know, I really enjoyed your performance. You know, you've got a beautiful voice. Thank you. I thank her for it. And then she feels joyful. And I think praise has to be associated with some kind of joy to pass, be passing on. That's well. That's how I feel about it. That I praise when I feel joy about something, and when I praise somebody, usually that for that reason. They usually feel joyful in return. And that's the sort of praise I feel 
lifts us up. It's um, it's good to feel joyful, but it also encourages us. Uh, we want to do more of it. Um, I want I wanted to run out and, and write another book. So <laughs> because my, my sisters were proud of me, and I think that that was also, my sister was proud of me, and I think a lot of that was to do with she thought that I was capable of writing another book. She was so proud of me. And I thought I could do anything that day. A pity I didn't sit down and finish the next book on that day, but um, she had to keep praising me. But that's manipulative. But it's um, it was the joy of it. It sort of swept me along and I felt I'd done something worthwhile that, yeah, my book, you know, she was so proud and um, whether it affects, you know, in the big scheme of things, whether it's big or not, doesn't matter. Um, she thought it was, it, it, it had made a difference to her and she was proud of me. I could do it. And I just, that's what I feel like when we praise properly, it gives us those like wings that we can, it's like encouragement. You're, you're, you can, you can do it, but you don't say you can do it or good job or anything like that, because that's sort of, that's lazy. I find that when we really praise, We've got to know our kids, if it's our kids. We've really got to know them well if we're going to praise them properly because it makes us stop and listen and look at them and think and be overcome with awe sometimes. You know, I look at my kids and I think, wow, you know, just because they're my kids doesn't mean that I don't, I can't recognize talents, virtues, whatever, and then um, say that brings me joy and that, pass that back to them uh, I think sometimes we get too afraid of praising our kids because we think oh look they'll think they're better than somebody else's kids or who it's a sort of again we're comparing other families or you think your kids are better than my kids and I think that's very important to praise other people as well uh, so that I don't know I, I praise all sorts of people people that bring me joy I, I will make sure they know about it. And I think some simple things like we go for coffee and I have a really good cup of coffee and I'll go back to the barista and I'll say, that was a wonderful cup of coffee. And you, know, you can just see he smiles and he says, not many people tell me that. And you can make people stay. And I think, Haley, it's like being kind. You know, it ties in with being kind. And I was looking up the definition of kind last night in preparation for this conversation and you know I couldn't find a good definition it said of being a kindly nature they used the same word to just there was no separate description where you're kind when you're when you have a kindly nature and I thought that is not very helpful so then I thought about kind as the opposite what's unkind unkind is when we're hurtful to people kind isn't giving people what they we're obliged to give them, it's going above that. So where you could say, well, look, I don't need to praise, I don't need to say something nice to people because, um, you know, it, I'm not being unkind. But to be kind, we have to go above. And to go above, we have to really know people. And, yes, um, I was just thinking of your story, Aaron, about your son and the delivery and the lady who smiled. She didn't have to smile. She wasn't obliged to smile. 
She took the time to smile and she probably, she gave you all so much joy that um, you wrote a blog post about it. And that is how I came to sort of thinking about kindness. But I think um, praise is being kind as well because it's more than we're obliged to give, but it's not empty and it's to do with joy, I think. But rather muddled thoughts there. But I just know how I feel when people genuinely praise me and give me and say, I'm proud of you. And those two moments only happened a handful of times in my adult life. And it's mostly been sisters or friends, not my parents. All my kids, they said they were proud of me. And, oh, I just sort of felt so warm when I, um, yeah, I can't remember the, maybe it was when I did my book, first book. Um, curious and schoolers and my daughter said oh I'm so proud of you mom and I just felt so warm and I felt loved and I felt valuable and um, yeah so I'm all in favor of praise but I think praise is misunderstood and even I don't understand it properly I just know how it makes me feel and how it makes other people around me feel but I think that's another thing is that a lot of unschoolers they don't praise and it's become a bit like a rule you, 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 you're not supposed to praise. And so when I started writing about it, I thought all oh, these other unschoolers are going to come along and say, hey, she doesn't know anything about unschooling. Of course you don't praise. And then I just a good job. It's down the track because I was able to say, oh, I don't care. I don't care what we say. We've got a different opinion. Well, we're entitled to our opinions and we can discuss it. But years ago, I would have said, oh, I'll keep quiet about that one. I'll praise in quiet, in secret, and I won't tell anyone, or I might have changed my mind about the whole thing. But, yes, I think we're looking at it from different angles, different view of what praise is and the effect it can have on other people. But I, I think it's all to do with joy, not manipulation. And um, there's nothing bad about passing on joy to other people, is there? So I've got to open the door, let the dog out. Yeah, and yeah, I think that, um, thank you, because I feel like each of you, I mean, Haley, yes, that, that, that differentiation about you're not doing it to manipulate, you're not doing it to try to push, um, you're not doing it to try to push a child to do what you want. And then, Sue, this whole piece around, uh, it having to do with joy, I hadn't thought of, but you're right, because that was what I was experiencing that moment in the kitchen. I just felt this joy that I, I just wanted to tell them that, that, and, and I can't even remember exactly what it was, just that moment of feeling so fortunate, probably for a number of reasons, you know, to kind of be in their company and have them in my life. And I just, I did, I felt that joy and wanted to express it so I love the fact that you attach that to the word joy because I really wouldn't have thought of that but that's so true um and then Ashley just to round like figuring it out in the kind of watching the body language and the individuality of each child that comes back I think very much to what I was thinking that so much of it is around our relationship with our child so you know when we talk about some of the, you know, maybe the writing or the ideas within unschooling. We, yeah, we don't have to, 
we don't have to be following things to such a, a T of, you know, what so-and-so wrote or what so-and-so said. Um, I think once we've really established that relationship, there's just room sometimes to do what's kind of feeling natural to us in the moment, whether that's praising a lot or whether that's maybe um, making a suggestion about something to do or something that they could do a little bit differently. I think once we've established that relationship, there's just so much more room to do that. Whereas I think when people are starting out, they're really trying to look at this list of principles and kind of figure out how to implement it. And um, yeah, but yeah, I think once our kids trust us that we're, we're in this accepting and trusting relationship, it's a whole different ball game. So, so thank you. (laughs) It kind of makes me think about it all the more, but that gave just some language, I think, to what I was thinking about. Um, Haley, it must be incredibly late where you are. (laughs) You're well past midnight in the UK, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody else has anything else. I had, I had one other thing that I just, um, wanted to add and actually it relates back a little bit Haley to what you were talking about on back in the conversation around maybe people um kind of having a bad opinion or being a little bit concerned about too much kindness you know too much unconditional love um and I was just thinking about how my experience of it is it's not it's not just one direction it's it's kind of like a household and a life of kindness and unconditional love so when I think about it I don't think of it as um, just coming from me to my child but also to other family members to neighbors to friends and I've just kind of modeling it in general in in little tiny ways like I've been trying to pay attention a little bit to like just for example we've had these cottontail rabbits in various stages in our backyard and some tiny new ones were born a few weeks ago very very little like so little (laughs) just out of the nest the one night I think and um my daughter had kind of we have a cat that always tries to run away so he goes outside now on a harness and um just the two of us trying to it, it, I mean, it wasn't a big conversation, but we were like, okay, well, how can we time this so so that the cat still gets his time, but we don't want to put the bunnies at risk. And we just kind of had this conversation about how to navigate that so that all the animals <laughs> could have things, you know, as, as safe and, and fair as possible. And I thought that's such a little, a little thing. And my daughter's a teenager, so that's not such a big deal. But I think when kids are little, those are the pieces that we're modeling, right? We're, we're modeling, how are we kind to our neighbors? How are we kind to animals? How are we kind in a way that um, it can work for more than one person at the same time? And that kind of goes back to that idea around power. It, it, there doesn't always have to be a winner or a loser. There are solutions when we're thinking, when we're coming from a place of kindness and love, it, it it's, it's so much bigger than us just giving that to our child we're also modeling it um in many different ways so that was just a tiny example but I've kind of been keeping my eyes open around those different things and I think especially when kids are little or even younger um those are the pieces it's it's not about 
pouring so much on them that they don't think about anybody else. It's actually about kindness as a lifestyle and love as a lifestyle. So does anybody else have anything else um, before we say, well, I guess good day to Sue and good night to Haley. (laughs) No, we're good. Maybe just, uh, you know, in a way we're talking about whether the relationship between unconditional love and kindness, well, we can be kind to everybody, can't we? That everybody we come in contact with, we can be kind to. And I think that maybe we have to think about it for a little while. We forgot to smile. We forgot to do this. But then it becomes part of who we are. And, yes, even if... um, And I I think also kindness is an indication of whether we're loving enough is that if we're doing something which is unkind, then uh, this is what I felt with unschooling. Oh, well homeschooling is that how do we know what's the right thing to do if we're unkind it's the wrong thing to do so if um what what choices do we have we won't go down the unkind one and I, I think kindness is a very good indicator of where we should be going in life and yeah it's something we can do for everybody even though we don't maybe love everybody unconditionally we don't think of people in terms of love but we do relate to everybody we can relate to everybody with kindness and all of Haley's posts whether we're unschooling or not I think are applicable to everybody whereas sometimes I think nobody would only people interested in unschooling would read what I've written but um certainly we should all go over to Haley's blog and I'm trying to still be trying to persuade Haley to write a book put all her kindness posts into a book because I think there's a bigger scope there to reach a lot of people because the world does need kindness it's like I read somewhere it's the oil that um makes life easier for everybody when we're kind life can be difficult but we can be kind so yeah that's just what I wanted to say is that um, I really appreciate Haley's um, posts and you have show notes Erin with your converse, with these conversations I'm sorry Sue. do you have are you putting together some show notes yes because the articles that you linked to were wonderful of Haley's. We lovely to um, direct other people towards those as well. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks. I wanted to thank Haley for that. <laughs> and just to say how much I've enjoyed the conversation today. I get carried away sometimes. <laughs> oh, so. thank you, Sue. It's been really lovely to chat with you. It's been very nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so- so I agree, Haley. your posts, I've passed them on to, um, I mean, not only people that aren't homeschooling, but some elderly people. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, kindness is just oh, kind of, yeah, it's a great message all the way around. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much to all of you. And um, Haley, thank you for staying up so late. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's been worth it. It's been lovely to see you all. No, Haley, it was it was for my sake that you're staying up late. So thank you. If I wasn't part of the conversation, you would have been in bed a long time ago. Oh well, so I'm, I, I'm glad you were part of the conversation too. So it's it's great, no problem. 
All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And this ends our conversation today. We hope you found it interesting and helpful. If you'd like to connect further or see additional content, Erin can be found on the web and on Instagram at everlearning. Ashley can be found on Instagram at Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shells. And I, Haley, can be found on the web and on Instagram at Taking a Kinder Path. We'd love it if you'd share this conversation with anyone you think might like it. And if you've enjoyed this episode, maybe you'd consider leaving us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're so grateful you made time in your day to listen to us chat. Thanks so much for listening.